In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Hello and welcome to Craig's List, <laughs> the number one motherfucking podcast oh, on the planet. My and word. I can say that because of Lenny Bruce. Aww. Yeah, that's true. He broke down barriers. That's <laughs> true. So I can I've say, never heard you say that word ever. I've never said MRFing. <laughs> <laughs> nope, never. Well, I'm going to be saying it a bunch today <laughs> in honor of Mr. Bruce uh, Springsteen. <laughs> the boss. The boss. The boss. Hey, who is this third person? Oh, yeah, join us. <laughs> No, it's realized. cool. It's cool. This isn't a spontaneous nation situation uh, where, where, where people just aren't allowed to talk. Uh, I was going to introduce you right away. You may notice we have a guest today, and this guest is uh, has appeared on numerous podcasts, most notably Spontaneous Nation. Uh, I think I appeared on that one more than any other guest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've really wow. guessed, guessed it a lot on that. <laughs> the point where you've really, you've kind of dominated. Oh, thank you. You've, you. you've taken thank that you. one over. Uh, he's on the CISO show, bajillion dollar properties, perhaps the star of it. Well, I'm number one on the call sheet. Number one on the call sheet. I can so, say that. Yes. That means something. And, uh, he's a, uh, raconteur, man about town. And sure. he's, uh, fixing the light above us with his phone. He's turning it on and it's changing colors. What a fancy app. I'm really impressed wow. right now. Wow, it's a trip, man. <laughs> <laughs> Taking us back to the 60s. Uh, he's a real cool cat, and his name is Paul oh. F. Tompkins. Hi. Paul, yay. Hi, married couple. Hi, Paul. <laughs> it's so great to have you on Craigslist. Uh, we have wanted to have more guests. We had Bob Dassey already. Yeah. And I think originally the idea was we'll try to marry the movie, you know, make sure it's a movie that's one of their favorites, and we quickly abandoned that. No. Uh, oh, that seems like too yeah, much pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of yeah. pressure. I, I just think it would be fun to have a guest that, that would be fun and then just have them do whatever the next movie is. There you go. Yeah. And this movie happened to be one about a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. So we thought, <laughs> we thought that li- that lined up well. The movie is 19- Wait, Bring what? your coffee this way. Bring I'm my, so afraid you're about to knock it off this way. the table onto his nice car. Everybody I knows see. that saying, right? Bring your coffee. Bring your coffee this way. This way, please. I'm going to put the coffee as far away from there. There you go. <laughs> We're using coffee as a broad term now to I refer to chai latte, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coffee is anything in a Starbucks cup. Right. Uh, the movie is 1974's <laughs> Lenny, directed by Bob Fosse. 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 We're all doing the hands. <laughs> if you're listening at home, we're all in perfect synchronization doing That's jazz right. hands. That's right. Right now. And that uh, stars Dustin Hoffman and Hoffman. <laughs> Valerie Perrine. And uh, it's my number 92 movie. Discuss. <laughs> Um, well, we watched it this morning. We did watch it this morning. Because, uh, we're a little behind on things. 
No, we got right up early. Time. We're right on time. Yes. Yeah, you are. You're right. You're right. You're exactly right. Uh, the movie is fresh in your mind, Carla. F in your M. It is. <laughs> uh, we tried to watch it last night after dinner with friends, and I was a little. You too... watched dinner with friends first? <laughs> yes. It's a really great <laughs> movie based on that the play is a movie. by That's Donald Margulis. That joke. Um, Who is in dinner with friends? Greg Kinnear. That's the only one I can remember. Andy, okay. whatever her name is. Andy uh, McDowell? Yep. Okay. Can I share with you a story about dinner with friends, which is one of my favorite stories? This is yes, this is switching media. That's okay. Um, this is uh, from the world of the theater. Right. When the show was being performed on Broadway. I think it had been running for a long time. Yeah. And there was a a, a, a review or an article in the New Yorker or something about how <laughs> the performance was marred. But it's the very end of the show. It's like the last scene of the play. And someone in the audience let out a, quote, loud hippopotamus-like yawn, (laughs) (laughs) which so shook the cast that they did not come out for a curtain call. What? And now I don't, I don't support that kind of behavior. Sure. But that, is so funny to me that someone waited until the show is almost over right. and then very pointedly <laughs> let out like an exaggerated <laughs> that fucking kills me and do you think it was just a unanimous decision by the cast do you think there was one person who kind of pushed it like we're not coming out I bet one person pushed it and everyone else did not know what to do and they're like you know what that actually sounds good let's yeah. not go out there <laughs> Let's never go out there ever again. <laughs> Who was in the Broadway cast? Was it Annie McDowell? I do not. I can't imagine that so. No. But uh, no. I, I don't know. I don't it's know. It's a Pulitzer Prize winning play, isn't it? Yeah. And you're paying to hear. A triple P? A triple P. Why would Annie McDowell be in something like that? <laughs> and you're paying to, paying to hear words when you're on stage. Yes. Oh. She's kind of quiet. Kind of a quiet actress. But beautiful. Gorgeous. So I'm told. Gorgeous. Yeah. So I'm she was not allowed to talk as Jane in... Uh, Greystoke? Was it Greystoke? Yes. Yeah. She, well, she... Greystoke, the legend of Tarzan. She was allowed Lord to talk, but they didn't tell her, hey, <laughs> guess what happens later? Uh, <laughs> Lynn Close is doing your voice. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah, She's in some of my favorite movies, but I'm not a fan of her. Hers. Yeah, the scene in Shortcuts where her son has died is uh, unfortunately some of the worst <laughs> acting oh. that's that's out there i don't remember i feel like i blocked out shortcuts uh it's it's a real long movie so long mm-hmm. oh, all i remember I is a cello player that's <laughs> yeah. all i remember about the whole thing right it's julie no it's laurie singer laurie singer who's a poor woman daryl hannah i was gonna say julie haggerty <laughs> <laughs> but i knew but i was picturing laurie singer you know that julie haggerty just plays a mean cello she's just never <laughs> never done one never done it on screen never done it on screen <laughs> so we tried to watch the movie Lenny last oh, night. Yeah, Lenny. That's right. And I fell asleep. Well, about twenty minutes. Yeah, in. I fell asleep about twenty minutes. In. I did get some choice Carla quotes. <laughs> but, and the, just in the twenty minutes. Just in the twenty minutes, uh, uh, drunken Carla quotes. Oh which, boy. Oh, you uh, fell asleep. I've, right. I've, not I've, passed out. I've made oh, a pact. I passed out. I passed out. <laughs> I've made a pact to not read all of these Carla quotes. That yeah. Were... <laughs> I'm becoming too aware because then after I say something, I'll be like, please don't write that down. You right? Also, yeah, you also were under the influence, so I think it was not uh, fair. It's not fair. Thank you. To make you, to make you look bad. <laughs> I will read some of them, but not all of them. Okay. Uh, and so we restarted the movie this morning. Watch yes, it and we watched it from the beginning to the end. First time watching it, Carla? First time ever seeing it. Didn't even know it existed. 
until this it's came not out. talked about much. It's, it's not. really yeah. No one ever talks about this movie, um, even in terms of Dustin Hoffman's canon of. Films. I was thinking that too. You know yeah, I mean? it's like not really mentioned much. And it's it's one of his best performances, I think. I'm a, a he's big, terrific in it. Big Dustin Hoffman fan. I don't know. Hook is still the best. I Hook, think. Oh, boy. <laughs> that is a real generational divide. <laughs> the movie Hook. I I agree. I think it's fantastic. You were a, <laughs> still to this day. Yes. When's the last time you saw it? Uh, five or six years ago. I don't believe you. See it again. See it again? <laughs> See it again as an adult. As an adult. Uh, I was an adult five or six years ago. You were in your 20s. I was 30. Why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to get you to admit your age. Uh, on on the record. On the record. Uh, yeah, you were 11 when Hook came out, and I was 22. Yeah. Oh, so. boy. This is squalid. <laughs> Remember we saw it together? Oh. <laughs> 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 Your parents thought it was so inappropriate. But. You were just a, a friend, a family friend That's for right. so long. Stop it. <laughs> this is Stop. not true. And we're then making, you were my agent oh. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. We're making Paul palpably uncomfortable with this bit. We met years later. It was totally on the up and up. I, I, was, was, I was her teacher. <laughs> Oh. That is how we met, as I was your improv teacher. Yes, but we didn't start dating until many years later. We have to make that clear. Okay. Because it sounds inappropriate. It is. Yes. It is inappropriate. We were just friends yes. for a long time, you guys. Don't date your improv teacher. It's not okay. It happens a lot, though, doesn't it? It does. I feel it's like a that's thing. a story I've heard from many people. Yeah. yeah. Less and less. We're told... That it's no longer okay. <laughs> we're told that it's no longer okay. Wow. Yeah. It's a- There's now human resources departments at all improv theaters. That's, that can't be true. That is, well, is I don't true? know about all, but I know at UCB and IO. Wow, well, yeah. that's have, good. They, Second city, yep. Yeah, they have a counselor and a human resource person, uh, in place. <laughs> anyway. To handle, let's talk about <laughs> sexual <laughs> harassment in the improv let's community. Not. Let's talk about Lenny. <laughs> uh, Paul, you had seen this movie before, but it had been a while. Long, long time ago. Um, it had been a, a, quite a long time. I remembered so little about it. I mean, I, I, I know the story of Lenny Bruce and, um, uh, as much as anyone does, I think that, that kind of, especially people in comedy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, I remembered it as being a good movie. But I forgot so many details. The one thing that stuck out in my mind, like obviously the intercutting between, you know, uh, uh, time periods and, you know, him, I remember him reading the court tra- transcripts. I remember, yeah. I remember him doing the stand up and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But the thing that I, that I remembered most and I misremembered it in my mind was Valerie Prine saying, please don't call me man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And I remembered it as her with their child. Right. Because the child says, bye, bye, bye man, man, at one yeah. point. Um, that's like the last thing she says to him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's, for whatever reason, that stuck out on my mind is like, that was such a funny thing. Of, yeah. A woman yeah. saying to her husband, please don't call me man. <laughs> I think it was in front of her, his mom, that she didn't want that. No. Right? They, no, it was it different. Was, they were just in the car. Oh, for they, were in, they were in the car about to go up to meet the mom and the aunt yeah. upstairs. Oh, I see. And he I calls see. her man. I see, I see. Like, Can I yeah. ask you, please don't call me man. <laughs> Such a funny detail. Yeah. yeah, you know he's a '60s kind of hepcat. You know, of course. Everything's like, Man. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like how we say "dude" now. Yeah, like how you call me "dude." Absolutely, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we're having so much fun in this podcast, <laughs> and you too, Paul. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I I probably saw it in my mid twenties mm-hmm. on VHS. Yeah, um, pan and scan. And <laughs> I uh, about pan and scan. I think I saw it. You know. D- to because I love Dustin Hoffman and mm-hmm. I just wanted to acquaint myself with the story of Lenny Bruce, which I kind of knew. So I mostly remember the uh, the courtroom scenes at the end uh, and him like reading his trial transcripts. I forgot all about act. the courtroom scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think this is probably the fourth time I've seen it. And oh wow! Watching it now, I, I really can just appreciate the uh, the artistry mm-hmm. of it. Uh, I think Bob Fosse is a fantastic director. You mentioned the intercutting. It's really interesting, the editing in it. It'll go from these kind of cinema verite interviews with the people in his life, his agent, his ex-wife, his mom, uh, and intercut that with scenes uh, of him coming up through the scene and intercut that with later stand-up bits, which are kind of juxtaposed with moments from his life. Yeah. You kind of see Lenny commenting on stuff uh, from his life uh, as a more polished stand-up along with his kind of awkward years of opening as a strip club MC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about the intercutting is that I saw, um, for just coincidentally, uh, before you guys asked me to do this, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I saw All That Jazz for the first time in forever, oh. which is Bob Fosse's, uh, another Bob Fosse film that's, that's kind of, <laughs> that's, Pretty much about him. It's a thinly veiled, you know, it's a Romana Clef. Is that the correct <laughs> term? I'm going to say it is. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's and, one of those phrases I hear people say. Yeah. I, like, I, yep. I think a Romana Clef is a fictionalized thing that's, that's a, that's about real people. Um, and everyone kind of knows like, yeah, that's about him. Yeah. Um, and part of the movie is he's, uh, editing as he's putting on this big, He's getting ready to put on this big Broadway show at the same time he's editing this movie about a stand-up comedian. And so it's very obviously Lenny. Yes. And the guy playing the the Dustin Hoffman as Lenny character in the movie, there's something that is so off-putting about him. He's kind of scary. I think he's got like kind of crazy, intense yes. eyes. Cliff Gorman is the actor. Cliff Gorman, yes. Mm-hmm. And he's really – I did not enjoy watching him – pretend to be Dustin Hoffman pretending to be Lenny Bruce. And it made me kind of anxious about the stand-up scenes in Lenny. And then it was – I think Dustin Hoffman does such a great job doing the stand-up. And it's actually more entertaining than Lenny Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is – I mean, this was around the time when he – a lot of people were calling him out for being too serious on set, right? Wasn't there like a – Dustin? Yeah. I think that like, like that why don't you try acting, dear boy, that kind yes. of thing. Yeah. yeah. That and was then, his next movie, which is Marathon Man. And then yeah. when he oh, did – That was Cr- his next movie? Yeah, 76 wow. was Marathon oh. Man. Yeah. And Kramer versus Kramer was a few years later, right? Yeah. And he like at one point threw a glass against the wall and didn't Meryl Streep didn't know what was happening. It was like a real glass. It wasn't Breakaway. And she was really pissed because <laughs> it was dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, can't you just do this normal – I don't have any. Can't you be a normal actor? I don't have any specific methody anecdotes about Dustin on the Lenny set, but we can just imagine what he was. Oh, sure, yeah, Yeah, yeah. sure. He was a giant pain in the ass, but uh, but it works. I once met Dustin Hoffman. Please, really, please tell us more. My friend uh, was his assistant. And he was very nice to me. Okay. Yeah. What did then, he say? Well, he, they were talking about going bowling and he was like, you can go too. And then I never got invited. But it was nice <laughs> that he said I could go in person. <laughs> what, come, come bowling with us. Why don't you go bowling? Yeah. It was like right around Moonlight. What was that? Moonlight Moonlight. Moonlight, moonlight Home. Moonlight Home. <laughs> moonlight Mile. Moonlight Mile. <laughs> so he was uh, older. If you want to perfect your Dustin Hoffman impression, by the way, just there's one word that he says in every movie. Why? 
<laughs> Did you say wine? Why? 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 <laughs> Why? 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 Yeah, pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Thanks. Why? Because <laughs> uh, watching this movie, it just made me think that Dustin Hoffman is always the actor who's just like, he's just going to just keep poking at something. And he's he's the perfect guy to play Lenny Bruce who had this just monomaniacal drive uh, to, first of all, to break these taboos and then to uh, continue to stand up against the law when they were arresting him yeah. for doing so. So, uh, you know, Dustin Hoffman is the, is the, I'm walking here, I'm walking here, is the guy of like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to hold on to my son in this divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to fly Qantas. Uh, <laughs> I don't get what that is. That's Rain Man. Rain Man. Oh. Uh, oh, not, all the I'm president's not going to let men. Elaine get married. I'm going to all the president's make men. sure yeah. the Nixon administration doesn't cover up this thing. So yeah. he's yeah. Always, always the obnoxious guy. He's a just, nudge. He's a nudge. <laughs> <laughs> is the a perfect nudge. Yiddish word for that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's really good in this movie. He's really, really good, and he's he. You know, he's at that period. He's so young, and he's just adorable. And mm-hmm. you know, it's it's he's so full of. Uh, Full of life, you know, he's really full of life. It's a, it's a really great role for him. Back to the Cliff Gorman thing, by the way. <laughs> well, uh, I don't yeah, to think he, about him. He, he is kind of creepy and weird and he's not, not at all like Lenny Bruce or Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> However, he played Lenny Bruce in the stage production that inspired this movie. No, really? Which is why Fosse cast oh, him and all that jazz. Wow. wow. Isn't that weird? I wow. thought Jerry Orbach played it. Well, somebody told us that they saw Jerry Orbach play. Or Last the, night. Yeah, John Dinerstein yeah. said his dad did maybe or – I don't or, remember. I was well, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember being talked about. Yeah, uh, so John, please tweet us that real story. But, uh, I'm imagining that Jerry Orbach, uh, replaced Cliff Gorman. Okay. (laughs) I don't know the whole chronology of the off-Broadway lineage. Did Cliff Gorman, did did Cliff Gorman ever do a Law and Order? I, I bet he know. did. Well, it, everybody did. If he's a New York is, is he a New York actor? actor, he did. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking it up now, one criminal intent, three SVUs, <laughs> and five Law and Orders as five separate judges. By the way, Craig, not looking at a computer, just went to his Law and Order palace. In his mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Valerie Perrine is quite good in this as well. She is. She's so good in it. She's so good in it, and I. I, that that for whatever reason didn't I mean I was young I was probably drunk when I watched it yeah and didn't make an impression on me at the time but I it, watching this movie I kept thinking why aren't more people why is she not in the pantheon you know what I mean right. why are people not talking about her all the time why was she not in more stuff mm-hmm. and it, I, I definitely want to look up what other movies that like the only other movie I remember her being in I think was Superman me yes. too you know mm-hmm. when I was a kid yeah and mm-hmm. she's so. She's so good and natural and real and heartbreaking in this movie. Yeah. And she has to do so much stuff, so many different things, and she does them all so perfectly. Mm -hmm. She's really wonderful in this movie. I agree. The cinema verite interviews are so like real and are such like a nice counterpoint to the, uh, the stand up and the, the flashbacks. And, and hers are the best. Hers are the best because she's like the older, wiser version of Honey. Yeah. You know, and and you can really see that. She doesn't have any makeup on. Very little makeup. That was to indicate that she's older. That's was right. what I took away from that. <laughs> <laughs> 
she's now older. <laughs> At one point, they show her eating a chip, and Carla's like, oh, no, is she a big fat person now? Because <laughs> it was all, like, <laughs> super close on her face. They were going to pan yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, she's like a circus freak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, um... Like she, Gilbert Grape. She was Oscar nominated as best actress for this. I should, really? I should hope so. If that means anything at all. I didn't know that. And her career kind of dropped off after Can't Stop the Music. <gasps> oh no. Which yeah. was that movie with Bruce Jenner and the Village People. Which I've still never seen. I've never what? seen it either. Directed by Nancy Walker, the, the bounty paper towels lady. What? Yes. What? I did not know that. Her first and only <laughs> directorial effort. As I far as I know. I don't know any of this. It was a notorious flop in maybe 79 or 1980. Oh. And uh, so Valerie Prine does have some credits over the last Poor Val. 35 years. She's still alive, but uh, she just hasn't done much oh, since she's then. She's so good in this movie. It's worth seeing uh, for many reasons, but just to see her performance in this, I think, is yeah. she's tremendous. So for me, the editing and the, I guess, cinematography is really a standout with this film. Um, and so how much of that is like – Fosse working with the same people in all of his movies or how much of that is just his style being thrust on whoever actually has the title for that job. Do you know? The editing is certainly similar to all that jazz, which kind of cuts back and forth a lot. And cabaret yeah. too. Yeah. It feels very similar. And uh, the cinematography I think is Bruce Surtrees, I think is his, his name, which who worked with uh, Clint Eastwood a lot. What did, and what's the name? Surtrees? Surtrees? Oh, okay. I didn't know if that was three words or... <laughs> Bruce Surtrees. <laughs> uh, and it's black and white. So if you mm-hmm. haven't seen the movie, it's beautiful black and white cinematography. Mm-hmm. You were saying it, it reminds you of uh, Dion Arbus. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly in the early shots of like... Uh, patrons at the club and the well it's all like these uh close-ups of just people's faces or like you know halfway down and they're all like either crying or making these crazy expressions mm-hmm. as it cuts through oh all the shots the crowd shots cr- shots of the audience it they're all incredible and uh what i loved as a comedian what i loved about it is that's a real depiction of an audience because the the like even if the majority of people are laughing there's always a few people not <laughs> laughing at all. And that's Fosse's showbiz experience. He knows yeah. what a real audience yeah. is like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see it in every other movie. It's just like, oh, we want you to know that this guy's a great comedian. So everybody loves the yeah. act equally. And that's just not <laughs> how it works. Right. You know, that he will always cut to somebody looking bored or yeah. angry or like there's one thing where there's a couple and like he's not laughing and the girl is and she kind of bumps them all. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. And then there's, there's those great close ups, um, of that, that party. Yes. And, That's what I was thinking of. Oh yeah. my God. I That's forgot the all Arbus about stuff, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And there's people crying and there's people that are asleep and there's just a guy sitting on a bed. Yeah. And the people in the shower. Yeah. yeah and you're yeah. just like, Oh, I don't want to ever go to a party like this. <laughs> Gross. How did you know? <laughs> hey, we're having a sad party. <laughs> did, you, did you get my paperless post? Uh, yeah. I would hope they would tell us ahead of time. We're going to do some heroin. There may be some coerced menage a trois. Yes. Oh. There's plenty of rooms if you want to just sit by yourself on the edge of a bed and look into nothingness. My least favorite part of the film is the menage a trois. It felt very slow motion. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. Yes. Was- I don't think a real... I can't speak from experience, just being putting that out there, but I don't think a real threesome goes like that. I bet there's been a number that have. 
his the look on his face as oh, he's watching it is so intense and gr- and it's gross. It's yeah, barfy. it really is. It's it's really uncomfortable. We learned some unpleasant stuff about Lenny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the greatest guy, you know. He's uh, he's certainly unfaithful to uh, Honey. He's a heroin addict, you know. He's uh, he's got his demons. Yeah, but uh, Dustin Hoffman has so much charm that it almost makes it palatable, but mm. not really. All right, I have to ask you guys: yes. Do you think he was a genius, or do you think he was a lunatic, or both? I think he could be both. I, I think that he was. I do think that he was a visionary in mm-hmm. that he he had a I, I think he was uh a a very smart person who saw the connection between repression and um uh it hurting people and uh uh but that you know like in terms of being funny mm-hmm. like this well the problem is with comedy it doesn't hold up well anyway yeah mm-hmm. and so when you listen to that stuff now, it's so hard to – you have to put yourself in that time period. You have to see it through that lens and like, oh my god, can you imagine somebody saying this stuff for the first time? Mm-hmm. And it, it it ends up sounding – especially in the movie, ends up sounding really preachy. There are some things though that you can see, oh, this sounds like comedy because I think in our memory of – for a lot of us in our memory of Lenny Bruce or idea of Lenny Bruce – it's really preachy and it's mm. not that funny. And I thought this movie did a good job of showing like, no, he was a funny guy, you know, he was yeah. a funny guy. And, um, I think Hoffman's, uh, performance really, uh, does that honestly does that better than listening to an actual Lenny Bruce record. That said, mm-hmm. I haven't listened to any Lenny Bruce in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And maybe it would be funnier to me now than it was when I was in my twenties or whatever. And, you know, looking at it, from a snooty, you know, position of modern day, like, uh, this is, this is just old, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I remember somebody saying about the early days of Second City. Second City opened in 1959 in Chicago. So it would kind of, uh, they came up around the same time as, you know, Lenny Bruce kind of, uh, becoming famous as a stand up, uh, as a nightclub act. Uh, it was either Bernie Salins who founded the theater, Del Close, who said something like, all you had to do was say Eisenhower and people would shit their pants. <laughs> You know, like that's that's how tame comedy was at yeah. the time, right? And that sounds like a Del Close quote. <laughs> that's hard to wrap your mind, or my mind around that. That nobody challenged yeah. the system or the status quo in yeah. any way. So, like, it felt very uh, subversive mm-hmm. just to talk about yeah. this stuff, yeah, yeah, much less to to say dirty words. What's interesting now is that the 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 kind of PC backlash that's happening is. It's the opposite of Lenny Bruce, you yes. know, where it's like people are crying censorship over like, I just want to be able to say the thing that I like to say and I don't want to hear any bullshit about it. Right. I just want to be able to use the words that I want to use, you know, and it's like it's I think those people fancy themselves as being in that same vein. But it's like you're actually the bad guys in this scenario, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you have that great video on political correctness and comedy. What did you do that for? That was for a, a, a series called Big Think okay. that's out of New York. And um, yeah, a lot of people, I think, just read the title of the video and responded to that. <laughs> what was the title? The title was like How Political Correctness Helps Comedy or something like uh, that. And then I you know, got like a brief flurry of people tweeting at me that I was – uh, you know, an asshole or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, it's actually a really uh, intelligent and well is, thought yeah. out argument on it, and I'm, <laughs> I'm totally, you. I totally agree with you in that it's it's easy to offend. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it's easy to provoke. Yeah. Yeah. If that's all you want to do, you know, in, in improv, we're trained. And this, is, uh, this may seem odd if you're more familiar with stand up, but in improv, we were told of like, don't make jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, of like the, the comedy is going to grow out of something more organic. The goal is to be funny. Uh, and d- a joke in an improv context is kind of broadly defined as anyone that anything that's going to immediately provoke the audience into laughing, you know, mm-hmm. anything that's kind of done, uh, out of desperation in that way. And I think, uh, it's easy to, uh, offend an audience in a knee jerk way. It's mm-hmm. harder to unsettle them mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way to actually make them think about something powerful. And I think for the, you know, potentially offensive topics in comedy of which we, we know what those are, you need to respect the power of the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, you know, there's some people who think of like, well, this thing is so unfunny in life that just to reference it must be funny. Right. And right, it's right. not, it's just offensive, yeah. but you can do comedy about anything if you respect the power Absolutely. of the idea. Hmm. Let's get into some Carlos quotes. Oh. Play the jingle. Uh, I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget that I'm not crazy. We'll do a few from the first, from our first attempt watching the movie, coming home from dinner after having a couple drinks. (laughs) Movie opens on a close up of, uh, of Valerie Perrine's face. Uh, and Carla says, Oh, those are some lips I could kiss. (laughs) 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 And then you said, Oh, that's supposed to be a lady. Those lips, <laughs> those lips are so hairy. I thought, but you know what? It it's looks such like a, a it's dude. such a close up, and it's it's so um it's so like not it's not grainy, but it's the contrast is very high. Yeah, you can see every little fine hair, and I yeah. thought I was confused too at first. Yeah, yeah. why would you not open thank on Lenny? Yeah. Why would you not open on Lenny's <laughs> mouth yeah, in the movie you, Lenny? Paul. We already saw that word. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh boy. At one point during one of her numerous nude scenes early in the movie, Carla said, Do you think she's hot? I said, Sure. And you said, That was the wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Here's, uh, she's hot. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Here's a criticism from Carla This movie's very arty, huh? It's like close up, close up, close up. <laughs> Which I actually ended up really liking. Yeah. To be sure. fair to the When film. you were sober. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How long have Dixie Cups been around? Don't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? It's something about this question. Yeah. It's something about watching period films that Carla always wants to put things in a historical right. context. When was the first time we saw Dixie Cups? Does anyone know? When I was a child. <laughs> They're everywhere in this movie. They're in multiple locations I in this didn't movie. I didn't even notice. They're everywhere. How do you know they're Dixie cups? Are you saying paper cups in general? I'm assuming Dixie cups because they have the like floral thing on Mm -hmm. them still, Mm -hmm. right? God, I didn't notice. That's so funny. It's weird. Carla noticed two occasions. (laughs) Once you saw it, you couldn't unsee it. Which makes it a recurring motif. Right. (laughs) At least twice. But in a party. Yes. And at the hospital. And at the party. It's a Bob Fosse directorial flourish. Yes. The use of Dixie cups. (laughs) Like see you next Wednesday in John Landis. Uh, 18 minutes in last night. What the fuck is this movie about? <laughs> what is it about? <laughs> I think you were a little disjointed by the, by the jumping around in time. I feel like this morning you had no, no problem following it. I did get real upset. I was like, Craig, nothing has happened in this film in the last 20 minutes. I have to go to bed. <laughs> 
Okay. Here's <sighs> quotes. Here's quotes from this morning's. Okay. okay. Right. Here we go. Do These over. are fresh. Do yes. over. Uh, over the opening credits, Bob Fosse's name, Carla, of course, went Fosse. <laughs> and she was holding Benny at the time, and she started waving Benny's paws and said, Fosse paws. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, jazz hands for dogs. That's a dog. Mm-hmm. By the way, listeners, Benny is a dog, <laughs> not a person. <laughs> Carla on stripping. It's such a weird thing. It is. It makes it, me so uncomfortable. It is a weird thing. Yeah. It's a, it's, I mean, it's weird that it's, it's such a, basic thing yeah of like hey i want to i want to go to a place where you just pay some money and then ladies take their clothes off right yeah. right is there a place like that uh, it's like actually there is oh it's so weird i've I, never been to one. Oh, you're not missing anything i've been to one <laughs> yeah it in was, portland right no here oh okay the crazy girls on what is that oh my god what La are you doing Cienica? There? is that what it's called crazy yeah. girls across from largo yeah yeah oh it was a mistake. Strip I went with some are, friends. They're a real bummer. It really they're bummed real me bummer. out. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. But in this movie, I thought the weird thing, and maybe this happens in strip clubs still, um, she would take off, like you would think she was taking off her whole bra, and then underneath it would be like another bra. Yeah. And they would cheer. Sure. And the same thing with her undies. That's She'd the take, tease. That's the tease yes. aspect. But I just thought it was funny that they cheered when she had something else on underneath it. Yeah. Like, wouldn't they be upset? Well, they weren't. Like, che- you let me down. They, they weren't cheering. They were cheering at the reveal of more clothes. <laughs> they were cheering at the reveal of less clothing, so that it's everything's the clothing is getting smaller and smaller each time. So they're saying, "Oh, we're closer to seeing the whole thing." Oh, yeah. I don't know. Be, that just feels like you're setting yourself up for disappointment. It'd be hard to hide, while, say, right? cargo it de- shorts. It depends what you what you. What your understanding of the situation is. Yeah. If you, if you at that time, you know that I think that, I don't know if maybe it was illegal to be completely nude. I don't know. I'm sure there were places. Depends that did on it. where you are. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, so if you know this is what the deal is, you adjust your expectations accordingly. Right. And so when you okay. see the smaller broad, the it's bigger exciting. broad, you're like, hooray. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So she's only got two layers left. Until we see stickers on her nipples. Right, right. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. Have we won you over? Um, (laughs) Let's go. Sure. (laughs) Jumbo's crown room right now. (laughs) And when she thrusts, she only thrusts one at a time with her hips. One thrust at a time? Yes. And I was like, is that a choice or is she tired? I think that's... (laughs) What's the standard amount of thrusts? I don't know. It just Doesn't it also depend on the music? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But it was just strange to me. That it would just be like one thrust, wait, wait, walk, wait. walking, walking, walking. It's been like crazy. Like, <laughs> well, they, they they went. But she's technically <laughs> dancing. All right, I'm just saying. I thought it was a little bit of a letdown for as excited as the audience was. Hmm. Early on, when Lenny, <laughs> early on when Lenny is courting Honey, uh, he says he has the hots for her. Uh, and you said no guy ever said he has the hots for me. It's true. <laughs> but you know what? He's, he's in the course of telling her that he wanted to say that to her, but didn't say that to her. Isn't that that scene? Oh. I think so. Yeah. Where it's like, I wanted to go up to you and say, I have the hots for you. So maybe that's just the thing that guys think, but don't say. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. I forgive everyone I've ever dated then. Also, it's a weird thing to say, right? <laughs> if, if a guy came up to you and said, I have the hots for you. <laughs> I remember being a kid. This is weird. I'm oh about boy. to say something weird. Uh, at a, a, a pool with my mom and my brother. Okay. And this guy was flirting with my mom. 
And my brother said, mom, he has the hots for you. (laughs) And we got, we both got in trouble because I was like, yeah, he does. And it was, yeah, that's a strange story. But that's the only time I've ever heard somebody say that in real life. Wow. My brother said that about somebody who wasn't my dad to my mom. Where do you think he got it from? TV? I think is it is Happy it in days? uh no it's in uh isn't it in Back to the Future or no? Oh, oh it might be. Sounds like it would be. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds extremely likely. Yeah. I think. Uh on the uh, he flirts with a nurse and then hooks up with her. <sighs> Carla said Elizabeth Banks doesn't age. Oh, cuz she looks just like her. I think that's where that came from, yeah. The nurse looks just like Elizabeth Banks. Also in the hospital, Dixie Cups again. Are they thematic? <laughs> this mo- this quote needs no context. So many boobies in this movie. So many. I think Fosse's obsessed with breasts. Sure. I've heard he's actually obsessed with asses. Really? More because of an ass man. It's in his choreography. Mm. It's like it's his many of his uh, a lot of his choreography. I forget where I read this a long time ago, but it's like. It referred to his celebration of the female derriere. Oh, yeah. interesting. An- another flo- flossy flourish. What are you trying to say? <laughs> a flossy flourish. This movie was directed by a cow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he <laughs> uh, he started wearing a hat because he was going bald, and that that's why all the Fosse dancers wear those signature bowlers. Oh, because that became his hat uh, used to hide his balding head. Wow, I think I think it's okay to go bald. <laughs> it's a personal it's a personal thing, I guess. Yeah. You have to make your peace with it, or wear a hat forever. <laughs> I think we alluded to this before, but Carla said this is like the slowest orgy scene ever. You know it doesn't happen that way. It can't. You're like probably so nervous and excited. Like there's no way you're just like staring at each other, nibbling on the neck. It's so weird. Wouldn't you just be like, again, I haven't done it, so I don't know for sure. It depends. Well, I think well, this was a thing that she was kind of talked into by him. Yeah. Right. And then it blows up in his face later. But then I feel like she'd be more nervous. Right? Oh, it was I thought, like very – you thought she was? I, I felt that she was nervous. Oh. And that she was – because it because it was so slow. It was not like, you know, she was not attacking this other woman. It was, right. and, and the other woman I think starts to move towards her first, right? Yeah. Well, she has her finger on her mouth. Valerie has her finger on the other woman's mouth and that's the first shot we see. And she's like okay. rubbing her lip. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> You also said it's like a Calvin Klein ad. <laughs> uh, when Honey's talking about having a kid, she said, or she says, I wanted a baby. Carla said, classic mistake. <laughs> Wanting oh, no, a baby? She, she said she wanted a baby because it would help them. Right. And that's a classic. Oh, yes, Save yes, the marriage. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to set it up right okay. if you're going to say it. If you're going to drag me through the mud. <laughs> Uh, at one point, he does the famous uh, Lenny Bruce uh, N-word routine oh, yeah. uh, of all the uh, racial epithets you can think of addressing mm-hmm. the crowd in that way, uh, which made Carla palpably uncomfortable. Oh, I was so stressed out. And she said, uh, I don't know if that flies, white guy. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the point he was trying to make, 
I don't think that fly. It wouldn't fly today, certainly. It, it absolutely wouldn't. I think that's uh, absolutely what Paul was talking yeah. about about comedic context. Yeah, of like yeah. this is 1961 or, or whatever, yeah. and it would have been seen as incredibly progressive and brave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, that's in, that, in the context at the time. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, you could not do that today. That is the that's the routine. The, you know, the Lenny routine that I remember most from the movie mm-hmm. is him doing that bit. And my memory of it was pretty accurate was that it's not really that funny. Mm-mm. He just makes this big point at the end that's like, mm, I get what you're saying, yeah. but I don't know that that was worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause I also don't know. I don't know if that supports your point. Right. Yeah. You know, right. And that way you can never make any black kid cry by calling them a name. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> but it's, wow. it also it makes you think, okay, so do we have to say this? How much do we have to say this in order for that to be the case that some little right. 12-year-old girl doesn't cry because she got called the yeah. N-word? It's like, <laughs> how how many years of this are we talking where we're just saying it all the time? Uh. We, Come on, Lenny. Did you think this through? We need to say it over and over <laughs> and over till it has no meaning. Also, anymore. it would be different if it was a black man saying that, right? Absolutely. I mean, then maybe the point could be taken more seriously. But when it's just yeah. a white guy yeah. <laughs> up there. Well, especially when it's a white guy talking to a, a racially mixed audience yes. and saying, I got the solution, everybody. Right. Hey, you know that you know that word you hate? Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a meaning word. Uh, we're, here's we're my plan. We're gonna say it a ton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was Richard Pryor who really broke down, uh, the taboos of that word. Mm-hmm. I believe it was in a couple of his album titles. Oh, absolutely. Know. Yes. 100%. Right. But and Richard Pryor's yeah. another one. I watched a couple of his classic concert films recently. And, uh, while you are so impressed by his talent and energy it's not that funny in today's context yeah. it, it, it really isn't i would love a, somebody to make a, a movie like this about him yes would be really interesting absolutely wasn't there like a tv movie made about him a while ago i don't know i know that he made a sort of he oh, made his own him. kind of thing jojo dancer, jojo dancer your life is calling is that the one where he's on <laughs> fire title yes. he said, okay that's yeah, what yeah, i'm thinking yeah. of but i think it's i think it would be Someone with an outside perspective would be, would be yeah. interesting. And now, and of course, now that he's, he's passed away, that like to, to look at his life in, in total would be interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I love about the editing and the style of this movie is that it kind of subverts like the traditional like biopic arc, yeah. which is so rote and boring at this mm-hmm. point of like, you know, nobody ever says of like, you're going to be a great stand-up comedian one day, Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, like we already know. We're watching the movie. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, you can immediately see him, like, at the top of his game. You can see him, you know, it's juxtaposed with these earlier shots of him. It's, it's so well done. It's it really is. well done. And it's like the way that he, that he's received in the clubs, like, you can tell where he is by how, how much or how little the audience is with him, as opposed to, I don't know. Like you never see the agent saying, "Lenny, the crowds are starting to turn on you." Right, or you never right. see like <laughs> newspaper, you know, or or like you know, news anchors or whatever. It's just yeah. like I feel like today, 
it would be so heavy handed. It mm-hmm. would be so like they'd really spell it out for you and it would just take you out of it in a way that this, you really feel the tension of all those scenes. So when he comes out, he's on heroin and in the trench coat, you know, yes. mm-hmm. like that's, it's so well done. It, the uncomfortableness of that is the discomfort is so well done. And in, in a movie with a lot of rapid cuts, that's the one thing that plays yes. out is yeah. one, yeah. one long take. Yeah. It's probably a 10 minute yeah. shot. Yeah. And it never gets Close. Yeah. It's always from far away. One yeah. static shot of him just doing his act in a trench coat with no clothes yeah. <laughs> underneath. And, one and it's sock. so one sock, it's so uncomfortable. And it's like people laugh they're laughing at the beginning and then it slowly it peters out, you know? It, mm-hmm. it, it, it which I think that I don't know, it like in lesser hands it would have been People would have been horrified from the very beginning. Right. You know, like right. he comes out in a trench coat and be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, in real life, of course people would. They're excited to see him and it's they ca- to- He's a comedian. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course you'd think, oh, this guy's crazy. This is right, fun. right. And then the saddest thing at the end is like, I'm sorry, I'm not funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like he knew, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. even, uh, oh. in his heroin induced stupor, like he knew that was the <laughs> bottom line of, of what he needed to do, you know? <laughs> Couple more Carlos quotes. Oh. When we start to get into the obscenity charges and the trials, uh, like I think it just blew your mind. <laughs> like you were like, it's you said it's so bizarre. Why do they care? And I think I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. I, I can understand it, of course, you know, looking back historically, but it just seems so crazy. Well, those people seem so dumb. Yes. Like, what the? F- what are you doing? Yes. It felt like there was some sort of personal vendetta, almost. You know. Uh, from the police. Although it did make me think of that interview we listened to with Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. And how, um, you know, there are certain things that you can't do still in, in certain states and how the police were after him. Mm-hmm. And he always had like an escape plan when he was shooting his movies of like how to get out. Uh, he like hired somebody to figure out how to get him out of places as soon as possible so he wouldn't get arrested. Right. Wow. It's, it's great. It's a, it's a Marin interview that he did a few months ago. And I, I, He's somebody that I'm very impressed by his talent, but his movies make me too uncomfortable. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I always thought he was one of those guys who just wanted to provoke you and d- didn't really put a lot of thought into what he did. And to hear him kind of defend his methodology mm-hmm. and the thought that he puts behind all of his characters and what he does of like, there's actually a lot of intelligence behind the choices that he made. And I came out with a new respect for him listening to that. I do feel though that it's, it's, it's diminishing returns. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Ali G, I thought was such a great show mm-hmm. and the, the, the kind of hypocrisies that he would expose in the course of, of interviews in that character. And he would get world leader. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's tremendous. And it's, and it's all predicated on, you know, his premise always is, this is for young people. That was the lie that they would always tell people. Mm-hmm. It's like, to explain his ridiculous character is like, this is for young, you know, this is aimed at young people. So the people would always be like, oh, well, of course, you know, right. I, th- that way I don't have to question anything. <laughs> I'll just dismiss this guy as an idiot because it's for young people. And, you know, but then I don't know. I, I, re- I remember laughing all through Borat and, um, I did not see Bruno because the trailer turned me off so much. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. But I, he also talked about, kind of the um addiction to that rush of almost getting caught yeah and like knowing that police were after him and then when we were watching this i was thinking of that with lenny bruce too of because he becomes so obsessed with just the idea of provoking that mm-hmm. it seemed to me like his message was lost yeah. 
ultimately. And you can see once he starts to get into conspiracy theories of like yeah. there's one time where he's just talking about the Kennedy assassination mm-hmm. and there's other times where he's just reading his trial mm-hmm. transcripts. You know? It's really sad. It really is. Yeah. And and the final Carlos quote, this is a very frustrating movie. Good job, Craig. <laughs> I felt so bad for him when he was yelling at the judge, like, just let me do my act. Yeah. I, I felt like I felt when I was a kid trying to get my parents to let me do something and they would just say no. Like he does a great job in that scene, I think. He really does. And it's very, it's very frustrating. But then I also saw the judge's side of like, no, it's going to be weird. I don't want you to do your act in the courtroom. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, people would read transcripts of what he said and he would get pissed off. And yeah. Like, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> right. Like, it's not the timing that I was doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, as always on uh, Craigslist, we like to uh, reenact uh, a version of a scene uh, and we call it uh, khaki theater. <laughs> uh, so there's a scene uh, earlier in the movie where you see uh, – an older comic who's supposed to be, I believe, Milton Berle. Yes. So they Played changed. by Gary Morton, who is Lucille Ball's husband. What? I think oh. her last husband. A- after, maybe. after Desi? Yeah. After Desi, Oh, yeah. he's such a creep. Yeah. Ugh. He plays a creep in something else, too, and he's really good. It's, it's a strange thing, but I guess he was a comic, maybe. They call him Sherman Hart in this movie. Mm. So the, the idea is like this is an old school, you know, Catskills, you know, Borscht mm-hmm. Belt comic mm-hmm. uh, who's giving Lenny an opportunity to play at his club or to open for him or, or whatever. And so there's a scene with him talking to Lenny and Honey. So, uh, Paul, would you like to be Lenny or uh, Sherman Hart? <laughs> it's dealer's choice. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I've, I've already got the uh, the Hoffman worked oh, that's out. That's true. I think. <laughs> So they, Paul, you'll play uh, Sherman Hart. Okay. Uh, do you remember the scene? Yes, okay. I do. Not super well, I but yeah. Do. yeah. Well, it'll, it'll quickly. I saw it much you know why? Because more recently than you did, but it's the scene really is about one thing that's happening, <laughs> which is has nothing to do with the dialogue. At yeah, all. yeah. And you'll you'll play Honey, and I'll play Lenny. All right. Great. I'll play the girl since I'm the girl. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play the other? You want to play Lenny, and I'll play him. No, no. She sure? doesn't say hardly anything, so that's perfect. <laughs> Lenny, this is a great opportunity for you to come open for me. You got to This is real showbiz. Finally, you hit the big time. Why? Well, because you're playing these dives and toilets, and I'm going to take you to uh, the next level. Well, thanks, Mister Hart. You know, I, I just really respect you a lot, and just want to. You know, uh, work my way up into, uh, you know, another echelon. We're going to do a double act one day. That sounds great. I'm just going to put my hand on your leg. Oh, God. Listen, I do why? what I like. Why are, you putting, why are you putting your hand on her? I'm a big deal. Shh, Lenny, stop. He's a big deal. This stop. is, hey, you know it's the 60s, right? Like, this is, uh, this is stuff we do. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I'm a really yeah, attractive lady. Yeah, see, she's abroad. This time. is the way it is. What's going on with that cigar? Uh, so this is a symbol of my power. This lets people know I'm a big deal. I'm a big shot. Lenny, you need to get a cigar. You need to do that. I don't want a cigar. You should why, do have I have to have, why do I have to have a okay, cigar? Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to argue with you. I should just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you don't want a cigar? Fine. What do you, what do you want to do? You going to uh, snort heroin or something? That's not my leg. What is that? It feels... Ooh. <laughs> You should have that checked. I have to go to the doctor. Stat. You do have to go to the doctor. To why, are you, why are you putting a Tic Tac in your mouth? <laughs> what? <laughs> Topical. Oh! <laughs> 
Rip from the headline. Uh, also, how lame is it that that that's Tic Tacs? Like, uh, <laughs> even ten years ago, walking around with like it's just a noisy box of Tic Tacs. <laughs> God. And then they tweet. You retweeted that, didn't you? The Tic Tac apology. I retweeted someone's remark about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good for Tic Tacs. Good for, for Tic Tacs. Yeah. For some reason, when I started to see tweets about Tic Tacs has come out and disavowed Trump, uh, I, I certainly know what Tic Tacs are. But for some reason, <laughs> the way my mind read it is, oh, there must be some rapper named Tic Tacs. <laughs> Tic Tacs. He, he must be somebody who's popular with the kids nowadays. Oh and and well, Trump said something about him. Craig, if you have ever repeated any of Tic Tacs lyrics, then you've said worse things than Donald Trump has ever said. <laughs> that was something some dumb conservative lady uh, <laughs> tweeted out. Oh god! Then people started tw- quoting, uh, you know, like parents just don't understand stuff like that. <laughs> it's such a fascinating time. That's a good word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's It's terrifying. fascinating now. It could be it could be a nightmare in a month, but we'll find out. I think it's a nightmare now and I think it'll be fascinating far in the future. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I, not I'm not that fascinated by it. Right yeah. Now. It'll, be inter- it'll be interested. I keep thinking about this how the future will dissect this time. Yeah. Like f- starting from 9/11 on right. and how people lost their minds in this country. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, Carla, you're going to give Lenny a letter grade. Yes. Ooh. I'm going to give it a B. Four? Bob Fosse. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what do you think? Letter grade? Uh, I'm going to give it an A. Oh. Hey. I thought this was a really good movie. Good. Yeah. I thought it was really well made. I'm glad I got you back into it. I'm glad I made you watch it. Yeah. Me too. I'm glad I watched it. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately. <laughs> Never again, though, you think? Never again. <laughs> too sad. Poor guy. You're a one and, one and done kind of gal. I am, for real. There's depressing movies that you could never sit through again, and I make myself do it constantly. Uh, somebody asked me about this, uh, uh, if there's any movie on my uh, top. It was Jenna, specifically. Hi, <laughs> Jenna. Uh, if there's any movie on the top 100 I've only seen once. And if I didn't say this in the preview episode, let me make clear. Every movie... <laughs> Every movie on Craigslist, I've seen at least three times. At least three. Wow. At least three. It's got to wow. be at least three to make the list in the first place. So I wow. believe this is my fourth time seeing Lenny. Wow. But yeah, it's Is it going to stay on the list? It certainly is. Is it? Okay. It is. Poltergeist yeah. you've seen many times, right? Poltergeist had easily a dozen. Yeah. Have uh, you seen Poltergeist? Oh, yeah. I saw I saw it around, you know, I saw it in the theater. Well, okay. I think we're a year apart in age. Yeah. And I saw it in the theater and, and it scared the hell out of me. And it did not occur to me ever until you guys brought it up that they did not call the police. Yeah. <laughs> but so then also weird. they 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 assess pretty quickly that something supernatural is going yes. on, right? Yes. So I think they they I give them a, I give them credit for saying like let's not even go to the police on this one. Right. This is weird shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but it is such a great observation. <laughs> and then nobody dies in the movie. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I did that's not even great. realize that. Yeah. Still works though. Still works. And, uh, the guy that the, the website that you were talking about contacted Craig on Twitter and they've been having a conversation about Poltergeist, which I think is really cool. Yes. 
Yeah, that that was cool. The guy who runs the the Poltergeist fan site mm-hmm. uh, got in touch with us and, and uh, clarified and a few things. Clarified a few things. <laughs> oh dear, I had gotten blatantly wrong. Uh, so he did some good fact checking and uh, and he listened to the podcast and enjoyed it. So that yeah. that was nice, nice to hear. Uh, so what business? What's next business. Business. What's, Time okay. for business. Be for business. I don't know what that means. I don't have any business. Carla, we got to do the business. I don't have anything. Uh, Paul, anything you'd like to plug? <laughs> Um, my podcast, Spontaneous Nation, which, oh, yeah. uh, often features, uh, both Kakowskis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's every Monday from the Earwolf Network. It is, uh, if you enjoy improv and interviews and things like that, then you can enjoy this show. We do live shows. Um, we just have a few left. Uh, uh, November 2nd is the next one. And, uh, great. At Largo. Yes, at Largo, at the Coronet in West Hollywood. Um, and I think that's oh, bajillion dollar properties. Yeah, season two. Season two. By the time people hear this next week, maybe a week from now. I, yeah, this is coming out on Tuesday, October this uh, week eleventh. Oh, yes. so, Thursday, yeah. Thursday, Perfect. October thirteenth. All of season two drops on CISO dot com. Uh, check it out. You can also, I think, view it on. Amazon, Roku, Xbox, wow. and Google Play. What? Yeah. Yeah, Wait, yeah. so it all comes out at once, so you can binge it. Yes, you can binge it. Because awesome. season one, I think they rolled out one episode at a time in the traditional yes. TV yes, model. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so but this now is more they're like, binging mode. hey man, yeah. let people binge I it. like to binge. It's yeah. fun to binge. It is. But Great. that's a very funny show. And uh, uh, Craig uh, recurs on the show as mm-hmm. Todd the Janitor. Uh, he's in Todd. a few episodes, I believe. Yeah. Cool. It's so much fun to do. And I think I'm in multiple episodes and we all, we taped all of that in one day over yeah. about three hours. Absolutely. So I did one scene with every member of the cast and oh. then another scene with the entire cast. It was and so much fun. I think it's the seventh episode of the first season that's Craig and I have a, um, an extended <laughs> conversation that uh, it's just about like everything that we shot is there yeah. in the final so episode. Funny. And it was very hard not to laugh. And yeah. you can see it. I it think was it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the charm. You can see us breaking a, a little bit. More it. me than yeah. you, I believe. <laughs> but I have a few – there were a few smiles that I had to turn into character choices. <laughs> uh, well, Paul, thank you so much for, Thanks, uh, for joining us today. It's guys, great to have you. so nice. Thank you. I'm a fan He's a really nice guy, you guys. <laughs> he really is. Like Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Why don't you come bowling with me and my friends? Okay. Are you going to follow through? <laughs> <laughs> And Carla, next week's episode, okay. your assignment, should you choose to accept it, you still have three passes available to you. Uh-oh. Oh, you still haven't used any passes None yet. That's yet. Right. I felt like I couldn't just yet. This is a 1986 movie by David Lynch. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Entitled Blue Twin Velvet. Oh. Blue Velvet. You're going to wish it was Twin Peaks. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? I Okay. Here's the truth. I know that I've seen scenes from it, and now I'm wondering if I've seen it and I'm blocking it because I it upset me. It's a very disturbing movie. And wh- why do you like it? I guess we'll get into that. <laughs> I guess we'll get into that. All right. That. So I'll probably watch the beginning, <laughs> but maybe I might pass. Okay. But we'll see. Oh. But I'll, I'll try. But it's like about abuse, right? I no? If, I don't know if it's about abuse. There is abuse. A, wom- a woman who I love. Isabella Rosalini gets so, abused, right? Yes, she does. She's right. treated poorly for sure. She's very- <laughs> now, how do the passes work? If you start to watch a movie, can yeah, you invoke the work? pass then? I think we said you must watch at least a third of the movie for it right. to count. Oh. So if you want, you could watch 15 minutes and then say pass. Or it's probably a two-hour movie, so you could watch 40 minutes and say, like, I'm done. Uh, 
<sighs> and that'll still count as not a pass. All these rules. Let me a- <laughs> let me ask this. Let's say there's a movie that you just say this is the movie we're going to watch, and Carla outright passes, doesn't watch a single frame of it. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Is there an episode of the show? Oh, right. There will be an episode of the show. I think she's allowed to watch whatever movie she wants that week. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot. Bridget, Bridget Jones' baby, whatever. <laughs> I know. No. We are going to see that this week. Uh, I, I don't know. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you invoking your past now? <laughs> I, may, I may invoke my past. I have unlimited passes. Uh, so you can talk about Bridget Jones' baby while I talk about Blue Velvet. But we oh, also that's have a, funny. <laughs> we will also have a guest for that episode. I know who the guest is. Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle yes. McLaughlin. I love him. Do he not love talking about it. Do not offend Mr. McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, it'll actually be Ben Acker. Ben oh, Acker. Nice. nice. One of the writer producers of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Our Blue Velvet ben. is his favorite movie. <laughs> no? Nope. It could I think be. This was totally a case where I had a feeling that Carla was going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think we better get a guest for this one. Yeah. And uh, we knew we wanted to have Acker on the show. So <laughs> please tune in next week to hear Acker and I discuss Blue Velvet and Carla talk about whatever. Richard Jones' baby. Maybe you'll like Blue Velvet. Maybe. Maybe you'll find it compelling. I'm going to try. He's a very compelling filmmaker, I think. Okay. I'm going to try, Paul. Hey, look. <laughs> You might hate it. I don't, and I wouldn't, I, it's one of those things where I could not blame you either way. Yeah. <laughs> for liking it or hating it. I'm at least going to try. That's all I'll say. Thanks so much for listening to Craigslist and, uh, find us on Twitter at Craigslist PCAST. <laughs> and, uh, let's, uh, let's go bowling sometime. No, yeah, uh, your friend can come too. Oh, you guys. Those are both really good. I'm not going to try. Do it. Come on. Let's go bowling sometime. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> The list is an absolute good. The list is life. <laughs>